0: Come on! Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> of course, he's got to get yeah. the camera. Bravo, Russ! First word, first word. Happy Monday, happy draft week. Yeah, Russ and I and Anthony will all be traveling down to the Lone Star State to, for yeah. some. Good- <laughs> yeah, for, e-ha, for some good barbecue, and I, I, I told everybody, I I, I got to do two things. I got to get good barbecue, and I go. I have to go to Dealey Plaza and the School Book Depository because I never know when I'm ever going to get back in Dallas, and I need to visit the site of a presidential assassination. So, um, Okay.
1: That should be uplifting,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You missed Captain Morbidity over here.
1: <laughs> Come on, I'm sorry. It's 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 a
0: historical site. It is, it is. Please, please. I go hey,
2: okay. You you talk about barbecue. Now you guys, barbecue is a major thing for my awesome. good American friends such as yourselves. What states don't have good barbecue? New York.
0: New York, yeah, New York doesn't have good barbecue. There's a lot they have
1: good
2: everything. How can well, they not have good barbecue?
0: The barbecue that we have here is important is basically you know, like it's like um you know, it's it's a Texas place or it's this yeah. place. You know, it's uh, somebody who's who's transferred from Kentucky and you know. I, they, I mean, of
1: course Manhattan has barbecue places sure. for people that were transplanted from other places. Right, like Korean barbecue or something right. like that. Right. But the issue is let's just forget about Western New York for a minute. Not slighting them, Mike, not this okay, time. Okay, No, 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 no. That's all right. But I just want to say, if you're in Manhattan, as an example, and let's say you grew up there and there were no transplants, you're not going to allocate so much space to like a smoker. You just can't like, you know, the smoker would take up like what two tables could be making that in your, kitchen. you know what I mean? So now places can do that, you know, after the fact, because they can find a cheap place in Manhattan, which is never cheap, but. You know, like an old abandoned place, and I know yeah, there were a few places. A few place in Manhattan, are you talking about? Um, yeah, you no, know, no. When it's, they have like a, you know, they have like the meatpacking district. It, it's a little less than, you know, than than Midtown. But the idea is, it's just nobody grew up with that there because you just had a charcoal barbecue. Where you had nothing like there wasn't a big barbecue culture even. Long okay, so d- Island that
2: never there. came north then. Like Maine doesn't have it. And uh, no,
0: there, you know. Maine's mostly seafood. I know and,
2: Washington State doesn't have it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's
0: it's Texas. It's everyone's um, got their own play
3: on how they do it. With the it so- it's, a lot of it's about the, the different sauces, the sauces that are, yeah. that are applied yeah. to the meat that are yeah. specific
0: carol carolina barbecue sauce is more vinegar based mm-hmm. uh st louis ri- uh, yeah, we, get, is- we get a
2: lot of stuff that advertises st louis barbecue up here st louis ribs being one of the big
0: ones and that's and that's more molasses or ketchup based uh, barbecue sauce now texas i mean you know, I, I've seen if I've seen you know fifty episodes of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives talking about barbecue in Texas. That's why it's like you know Saturday night after the draft is done. I, I need I need some barbecue. I I just have to do it. Somewhere in um, DP, room
3: according to uh, our friend Bill Meltzer, of course. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, he's he he said he had a place, so we're, that's where we're gonna go. We're going with, with his rec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, it's it, it's funny. I, I'll just deviate to pizza here and then let Russ. <laughs> uh, um, Good thing I ate
3: lunch okay. already, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, Mike.
0: That, I might take up the rest of the
1: time just on that. Go, go ahead. No, we'll talk about pizza tomorrow. Then go ahead. Let's do that tomorrow. So here, here's the other thing. So I, I will tell everybody. It's probably not a surprise. I've not watched any World Cup or U.S. Open, but yes. I did see there's a scandal now with the U.S. Open because they, they came. Fox came out with a new technology and they wanted to mic up the holes. So they had like these super mics and it picked up a conversation. That two idiots yeah. had during the tournament. Now, here is my thing. A what
0: company, was the conversation? Because I didn't hear. Yeah, what well. is it? It's bad
1: sexual talk, and it's really like of an aggressive,
0: bad nature. That's oh, all I'm say. Okay, okay. And then balls muppets, apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not he's joking. Saying, <laughs> he's not joking. That's true. But here's the thing, and this is what really irks me. So, a company comes out with technology because they want to bring the fans closer to a game. Now, two idiots will probably kill that technology forever because Fox will now say, we're not going to use that because we just had to apologize for that. Which, again, Fox's apology is so hollow, considering the garbage they put out on Fox News, that I can't even like accept their apology. But just the whole thing is just stupid. And it's a shame. They came out with a technology that was probably interesting for viewers. And now a couple of idiots will ruin it. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll, I'll here,
2: here, here, Let me tie this into a bigger point. Yeah, you, you bring in technology that's unchecked. How many that's times true. have you been in a locker room, an area with athletes, Anthony, Mike, Russ, yes. you guys know this, where you've heard something. And as a reporter and as a media, you go, that's not newsworthy. That's away from the camera. That's not an event that I report on. But you throw technology in unchecked. And don't, no one's keeping an eye on this, yes. and no one's using common sense. Yes,
0: but the problem. The, the, the problem. Right? The problem is Peter is that our friend in Vancouver wasn't it Jason Botchford who reported the thing about Joe Thornton and the comment that he made about four goals, What he would do if he scored. four well, That goals? was actually
2: on Mike too. It was, okay, it was on Mike. So but it was thing- on Mike. And the problem with that is, and and even one of Botchford's nemesis in the Vancouver media went to bat for him, um, saying the problem is they broadcast, they have an agreement, the broadcast um, team for the radio have an agreement to be in the locker room and all sorts of things get picked up. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that could have been on there. The point was, is Thornton interrupted an interview. He knew better. And whether it was the right thing to report, he jumped in yeah. to talk There's about reason. that. And he brought, he brought it on himself.
3: That's that's what happens. It becomes newsworthy. Yeah.
0: Then. Now the, the, other, yeah. the other bit of technology, then we'll get started with the show that I, that I, you know, it, there was a disputed goal in the World Cup. I can't remember which game it was. The game was tied 1-1. There was a goal where it hit the hit the crossbar, bounced down. You can't my goals in soccer. That's just right, but no no, they didn't take it away, Russ. What they did was they used the same technology that the that the WTA uses for balls mm-hmm. in and out in tennis. Yeah. And it was unbelievable how they they zoom in and the ball yeah, was really. like it was in, it was in by this much. Yeah. NHL Get off your butts here because honestly we've talked about tech- this. Like this is obviously the technology. We've talked about
1: this so many times. Yeah. They know it's out there. They just don't yeah. want to use it, Mike.
2: Soccer soccer's used it for a while. They've used yeah. it in the Premier League and um all it's been screaming used for this. America.
1: Like tennis was the first to use it. It worked great. Nobody and, and the NHL just doesn't want to budge on this. They don't yeah.
0: Well, I mean, when a goaltender is hovering over a puck and you can't see whether it's over the line or, or, well, or not over the line. It's like
1: the goaltenders are, are like, you know, sleight-of-hand artists. They are. If you counted how many goals that went in that they've sort of hidden or obscured in a season, you know, it's probably a handful for every goalie in the league. So maybe that's why they don't want to do it. I don't know, but at some point – they either need to put a camera in there or do that technology, but they so far they won't do it.
0: All right, let's start the show. Um Anthony, follow me. Uh hello, hockey world. Today is Monday, June 18th, 2018. I'm Anthony Majoni
1: from Sunrise Philly Magazine.
2: I'm uh, Peter Jesse from Winnipeg.
1: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Gotta go take the dog out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Michael Agello from the garden spot of the world, Buffalo, New York. And this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. While Russ is taking out the dogs.
2: I guess we know who took,
0: who let the dogs who let out. the dogs out. That was, now we yeah. know. Yeah, now we know. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have a trade. We had a trade on an unusual on a Friday night. Uh, uh, or Friday. It was late afternoon. I think it's always in that window,
3: though, Mike. Do we always get it's like late in the day when nobody on a Friday around five o'clock.
0: Yes, it's I. You know the funny. The funny thing is, is that professional sports has learned something from politics. Mm-hmm. If you remember an old episode episode of The West Wing, they called it "Take Out the Trash Day." You let you you let the news come out at Friday on at six o'clock because newspapers don't you know most people are off for the weekends websites and whatever and newspapers the the, the the readership is down and and radio stations they have their backup hosts on the weekends so it, you know everything everything is is gonna wait until Monday and then by t- by the time Monday comes around it's old news but I think in Montreal and to a lesser extent in Scottsdale or Glendale this was a fairly significant deal uh, one for one. Uh, Max Domi going to the Canadians for uh, Alex Galchenyuk. Now, um, Russ, we'll start with you. I, uh, my, and uh, I like Max Domi, I think he's a good player. Um, I don't think he's as good as Galchenyuk, but the, the thing that sort of tips this thing, this deal for me is Montreal apparently is going to use Max Domi where he belongs on the wing, Arizona. Maybe they can get away with Alex Galchenyuk as a number two center behind Derek Stepan, or you know, if, I don't know if they're going to ever you know use, use Keller up the middle, but they're still trying him at center, and that's the problem I have with this deal.
1: Okay, so there's a lot of things with this. Um, so things that I've encountered in the last couple of days about this trade. Somehow, in a parallel universe, now again. Take away all your biases and whatever you think about Alex Galchenyuk off the ice, because a lot of it's true and a lot of it isn't. So if we just look at the hockey players, how did Max Domi all of a sudden become the more skilled guy? When I hear it from Toronto media, like I just think that that's become like a big joke. I don't and, know if it's you know, from like, Toronto. I don't know if it's from Toronto media, Russ. Oh no, it, it is. From- I just heard it on the on the midday show. Like, okay. if you heard it, Max Domi is is the more skilled guy, and they're hoping for. You know, 20, 25 goals out of him. Listen, mm-hmm. I never thought he was going to be more than a 45, 50 point guy. That's what he is. Now, how much ice time do you want to dedicate to making him a 20, 25 goal scorer? Because you probably can, but how much ice time do you want to give up to that and what that might take away from others? Galchanya can clearly score goals. Right. He's going to get started at the center spot because they probably think Stepan could look at him and maybe could fix him. Because look, Derek Stepan for all that we've bitched about, about him being a number one center has done a pretty good job filling in at that spot when there was no way he was ever going to be that, right. but the guy knows how to play and he knows how to play defense and knows how to play hard. I think that will help Galchenyuk if he has any kind of rub off ability on Galchenyuk, this is a terrific trade for Arizona. I think this is a good trade for both, but I think Galchenyuk is a, is a much higher level of goal scoring and, and skill than Domi does, but somehow over the weekend that has flipped
0: you know north of the border. Peter the 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 sort of random element here is Domi's under control for four more years. They signed him to a two-year bridge deal at three a little over 3 million dollars a year whereas Galchenyuk I think he has another I think it's another three years at 5 million so it's uh, I'll, I'll check while while you're discussing this but I mean that's a that's a factor here but I mean to my mind I think Galchenyuk is clearly the more talented of the two. I think Domi's talented, but I think Galchenyuk is more talented than Domi is.
2: You know, yeah, I I think you're probably right. The thing that came out that struck me with this trade was once again, Montreal trades a player, and then all of the sudden, in the next 48 hours, the little bits of dirt start trickling out. Mm -hmm. And this is... Now, we know Montreal probably has the most voracious media, maybe not the biggest core, but voracious. It's got the French press. It's got the English press. It gets a lot of national coverage in, in Canada. But this again, just like Suvan two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. It all starts seeping out again. And you have to wonder why does Montreal keep, keep having these problems where one this stuff isn't dealt with because it clearly wasn't dealt with. Two, they keep finding players that have this kind of baggage, or they or that that they realize later on don't fit in what they're trying to do. And why why does this keep haunt, haunt, hunting them, haunting them? And, and why do they like? There seems to be a bigger problem with Montreal than just trading away problems. You keep acquiring problems. You keep acquiring things. Why are you not doing your diligence with your team? with your players, with your scouts. Right. I mean, as ruthless as the NFL is, a kid, they know about when a kid had a bad fart in grade eight. In in hockey, you, they no one cares like that. And, and Montreal has been a victim. Of, it seems to me Montreal has consistently found a way to be a victim of players to get unhappy and then all of a sudden dirt comes out once they get moved. So to that point... Did, did, um, did Bergevin even get a fair deal because of this underlying dirt? Well, I mean, this, if it's
0: true and I'm not even sure it's true. Well, it's, uh, we don't know if it's true or not, but, but I know, I know. And I say one thing too, Mike. Yeah. Domi had an issue too. Yeah.
1: People don't even bring that up anymore, but he had an issue with all of his own that seems to have really gotten forgotten about because again, I think anytime a Russian gets traded it's easy to sort of default back to old biases for that too. And, 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 and Russian he's, is awesome. I know he's American, but right. I'm just saying he's and got the, a Russian yeah, name. Yeah. And and,
0: yeah, and and the issue with Domi was the type type one diabetes that everybody you know, and that's another issue the health the health concern which he seems to have controlled, but. No and the stuff about Galchenyuk has been in in the in the in the ether for like a year it's been around i mean that was one of the reasons why his name was always was always popping up but but Anthony i i mean i look at this deal and and Galchenyuk has two more years after two more years at 4.9 million so you know it's not it, and Arizona right now, with, with their, you know, they're they're going to be looking to add players to get to the cap floor, so that the the money is really not a cons- It actually helps them in a way. Mm-hmm. But I I, I just I, I look at this and I, I I get what you're saying, Peter, regarding Montreal acquiring problems. Bergevin can't do anything right since the Subban deal. That ruined him in Montreal with the media and with the fans. And I think everything that he does is tainted by that. But Anthony, what did you think of this deal?
3: For me, I felt initially when the trade happened, the reaction of people to automatically railroad Montreal I thought was a little bit harsh because I think I do like Max Domi as a player. It made it sound like it was a completely... You know, slam dunk. You know, Arizona wins this trade outright. Right. right. If you're looking on a pure on a pure talent scale, yeah, I would say. But again, they are to me they're drastically different types of players. Mm-hmm. They just play a different style. It does kind of go closer to what Montreal wants or Bergevin wants. Again, he's a sandpaper hockey player. He's just like his dad. And the, the part you know, in terms of. Um, he's more skilled, but he still right. has that pugnacious attitude. And, again, yes. the whole idea of i got to wrap my brain around the fact that Adomi's going to be wearing a Canadian's jersey. Yeah. It was something I still had to wrap my brain around for about 24 hours. But I like it for Arizona because I think Galchenyuk going to Arizona, again, not being under such a – heart under, as we just mentioned, the Montreal media glare in this case, I think it could very well help him in regards to sort of you know just kind of worrying about playing in this circumstance it's not going to be as much of a hotbed now again you could say well is that is that a question of character in this case and it's like no i just think again whatever his personal situation is with all the dirt that came out in francois gagnon's piece right. or what he wrote um i think him going to arizona is for the most part a good thing it's a good thing for the coyotes i think they definitely up their skill level in their top six the question is whether or not i see him as a center or not and right now I'm not certain of that. I'm just not certain of the fact that he's that he's a center. He didn't look like one in Montreal. Um, you can give me all the underlying numbers you want. Right. In this circumstance, my eyes don't lie. His skill set always seemed to be more of a wing. So, in my view here, the fact that Montreal's also going to play Domi at wing even yeah. even more evens this trade up in this circumstance because at least they've recognized the player that they're getting is who he is
0: right but it also but it also exposes them even more in terms of well, at least the they point. could right there's right.
3: they're, they're weaker whether or not there's another shoe to drop whether or not they're going to get involved in trying to acquire ryan o'reilly
0: right and that's what i was that, talked that's, about,
3: uh or another center in this circumstance whether or not they draft one but again a draft one if they get like Kotka Niemi or somebody like that but
0: we'll see well, you're 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 leading me perfect perfectly into into the the thing that I was going to bring up next, which was you know, there are, there are reports now now Eric Engels formerly of Hockey Buzz now with Sportsnet, um he said a week ago I didn't think that it was likely the Habs would pass on Philip Sedina at three, uh Sadina's stock apparently is going down precipitously Russ which I don't understand because you know I, I, it, based it, on continue- what and based on who yeah exactly he says after after uh after after speaking to several people, uh, Engels goes on. It seems uh, the the Habs are locked in on Kutkenyemi. They may move down to take him later in the later in the top ten, but it seems they're willing to take him at three. So this is what we heard at the combine, Russ. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not casting aspersions on Kutkinyemi because honestly, I've seen him I think once. So and you, 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 you I've seen him like eh,
1: five, six, seven times. Yeah.
0: But what I, what I'm saying is. This is the move of a desperate management team and a desperate team. And a, we, you, know, it, you should in the top in the top five or the top ten take the best player available, regardless of position. But this team is so bad off up the middle yeah. that they may make a pick that you know. I, I think he could be a good player, but I, I don't know whether he's worth the number three. I would not be leaving Brady Kachuk or Philip sedina off the, off of my draft list to take Kanyemi. Yeah.
1: Well, two things on this. So, first one is, yes, there will be some teams drafting for need in this draft. Sure. It's just the way it is. Like, it's mm-hmm. the cap world now. You're not always going to take the best player on the board anymore. You're right. not. Now, Kokaniemi has a chance to be a number one center. But it's to me, it's like a 25% chance. So, But they still may grab that. They might. You might be right. Uh, if Phillips Adina's stock is dropping – if you don't want a dynamic goal scorer who's physically strong and skates great and and seemingly terrific against all competition hey so be it even kaya doesn't like the idea of it the idea is this they could take Kokiniami and it will ter- turn the draft upside down and that could sink kachuk a little because i think Ottawa is sold on Zadina. they flew him in yeah. and i think that's who they want so but
2: you know dependent i mean it's a little tougher for Montreal where they are right because they're number wait they're number 2 number 3, three. 2 Montreal
3: 3 sorry I'm, three. I'm, three, I'm,
2: three. I'm getting confused number 3 so if you want to trade down to get a guy later you're really dependent on finding the trade partner who wants to move up into top 3 and this not being the deepest draft in the world you may not find many takers because again you know, when you're top three in the draft, if you're not thinking best player available, you better have a really good plan about what you're doing to expend that pick. Like Columbus, when someone. Columbus what? got ripped,
1: but in the, in in the retrospect, right. they made the right pick for them. And that's they traded that,
2: down, right? They traded down. No, no.
1: no he's no, talking about when they, they do, do went Dubois,
3: right? Right at, right at that pick.
0: They they took took a pick day, and everybody said, right. "Oh, it's too early. You can't take him here. Yeah. Not well, a no yeah the, the, the main criticism was that they basically said very very quickly after was that they were, they were planning to use him as a center and I yeah. you know I heard that he really didn't play center at all until the next, following year in, in junior he was mostly he was mostly a winger and if you look at him now as an NHL center in his rookie year I thought he was pretty damn good but
2: well and here's the other thing Columbus didn't screw him up.
0: No, they kept him in junior another year.
2: They they, they didn't say, okay, we're taking him higher than he should. we got to move him quick to justify this. They just let him do the natural progression, which is very important.
1: And there was criticism when I was at the World Juniors. I kept hearing this buzzing. Oh, look, Dubois is not scoring goals. Meanwhile, he was playing great defensive hockey as a center and very physical for that team, and I was like – Leave him alone. He's he's playing really well here. Yeah. And he doesn't always have to score. This is just because you think he should be more of a scorer because he was drafted at a certain draft position, doesn't mean that that's the player he is. And
0: that's What's what the, that's what these and that's what these teams are seeing in Kotkin Yemi because he's right. 6'2, 195 pounds, he'll probably grow an inch or two. not been a natural
1: center his whole life either.
0: Right. So
1: there is a gamble factor here. But and again, me. I I, look, Brady Kachuk would be gone by the second pick for me. Right. Again, it's easy to just, you know, decide you want a guy, take him. And that's why this draft will get shaken up after the first pick because, well, probably after the first two. I think Carolina's taking Svech So after the first two, it will be shaken up a bit.
0: And that's and that's where like I mean the perfect scenario is somebody in the lower part of the top ten. Although the thing is though, if the stock and this is this is what Bob McKenzie said. He says multiple scouts have Zadina falling out of their top five now. It, I don't think it's because he has done anything wrong with his game, but I think it's because Centerman, Kutyniemi, and uh, Hayton and defenseman Boquist, Hughes, Bouchard, and Dobson have really stepped up.
1: Okay, can so, I say something here? One more thing. So so Barrett Hayton. Very nice player, greasy kind of center, playmaker, can score a little bit. He's not a dynamic goal scorer. He's not a dynamic playmaker, but he's going to be a really good player. He, he kind of reminds me, like, I don't like to compare players, but I think he plays a similar game to Bo Horvat, and we all love Bo Horvat's game. Yeah. That means some team is going to take him over Philip Zadina. To me, that's crazy because Phillip, yeah. Phillip Zadina has so much more talent. This is not a slight at Hayden. This is just pointing out what Zadina has. And if teams are going to overlook that, there will, you know, there will be people second guessing them three, four, or five years from now.
0: Well, this is this is where, and, and Anthony, this is where I think we're going to have fun on Friday. Is and I've heard a co- other commentators say the fun starts at number three. Um, I, I think Montreal, if they could move down a little bit, that there'd be for sure that they could get Yemi say six, seven, eight, whatever, like there. They would trade down, and I think a team that like really likes a Brady Kachuk or really likes a Sadina would have an opportunity there. But the question is, you know, who? Like, I mean, would that be like the Rangers? I mean, would they trade like a, you know, one of their high pick and a, and one of the lower first to move up? I mean, there are teams with multiple picks.
3: Yeah, I mean, you could also, you know, in, in the mix there. I mean, it, it's it's it makes for an interesting discussion i think we know once we get past five or six we start to get into a bit of we get you start to get into an area where we get into the bottom part of the first uh, of the first 10 and things start to get closer to interchangeable in terms of especially when there's gonna be a run on defensemen specifically and i think there's a chance of that in this draft because i think teams are going to be worried some of those some of those guys are going to be coming off the board right uh, a little faster um it's possible. Again, I, I, I can't turn to you and say that it, 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 we, we will not see a trade-up. Again, Rangers would be interesting. if they, but They'd have to really like Zadina in this circumstance. Um, I know when um, a Joel Faraby certainly – I remember Russ, obviously, over the weekend when we did a mock draft on, on Edmonton Radio, Russ stu- stuck at nine. But the opportunity to get a Zadina if he's falling. Oh, sure. I mean, that's, that's a whole different – I mean, you're going to make yeah. that move. Oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean there's some possibilities there.
1: I do wanna I do want to say this. I mean, when when we're looking at the draft and we're looking at these guys and we're looking at let's say Coca goes third, that's the safe way for the Habs to go if they decide hey, whatever. If they're gonna risk it though and trade down, let's say you're Vancouver. What are they seven, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Let's say Vancouver puts out a phony word. Hey, we kind of like Coca Well, if Montreal has already Sort of, you know, thinking about trading. Like, how could you trust teams? Like, you can't. Right. Like this is this is a guy that could easily get slipped right off the board, and then Montreal has to get somebody else entirely, and then they're out of the third spot too. Or, or yeah, they, they or, really get screwed on this.
0: Better, better but, seat. Go ahead, Peter.
2: I was just going to say. I mean, we also know that teams talk on the draft floor, sure. and word gets out. You know, someone sees a jersey. Okay, they're taking so and so for. You know, it does seep out. The point is, is you got to find someone you can trust. And I think you make the best point at trust, Russ. And the one thing that's so different about the NHL, and I compare it to the NBA, is the NBA was really good at teams drafting a player for another team, then trading them mm-hmm. and trading swapping the players. And that's something I right, like, don't understand like, about the NHL. the NHL. Like
1: Eli, that, me, I was thinking about that too.
2: Yeah. And and that's something the NHL doesn't do. No. That that is kind of interesting. Now, the other thing with with the
1: NBA TV. does that too. You draft this player, I'll draft that player. Then we'll
2: yeah, play. yeah. And the other thing about like you, Anthony, to your point, you know, if you believe some of the work, you know, the data-driven work that's been done on the value of mid-range um, first-round picks. So let's take this year, and you're saying after six, I think you said it gets I a think little we get bit
3: that six, seven, eight range. We start to get closer. Yeah. to interchangeable. changeable. Um, yeah. So
2: say, let's cut the line ahead. at ten. Let's say out of the top yeah, ten. is a
3: good number, actually.
2: Right you chop the chop chop it at 10. You may be way better. If your player isn't there, you may be way better off trading down and getting an extra pick in the set late, like in the second yeah. round Yeah. and adding more to what you get, as opposed to hoping you get someone you can work with. If the guy isn't there. And, yeah.
3: I, can, and I can give you an example that certainly a team like Philadelphia, for example, who holds a 14 and 19 pick. So right. I mean, yeah. you see somebody they like at 19 flyers have one second round pick. They have no third round picks. Right you can potentially move down into the lower 20s, take somebody you really like, and then still have an additional second round picked out of the draft or potentially use it in a trade scenario to get well, something you
0: need. It's all its all dependent on on when certain teams come up, whether they're going to be teams that want to move up to that particular spot and whether they'd be willing to pay the price. I mean, I've heard, you know, Kyle Dubas – Traded down a number a couple times when he was in control of the draft and not control of the the picking but in control of the draft draft picks in 2015 and there's a lot of speculation coming out in Toronto that if if he believes if, if the value they think is equal to some of the players that they make get at the top of the second round that he could trade down but you know who's going to trade up to 25 that's the thing is you might be st- stuck there taking a, a pick at 25.
1: Here's my problem with this. And 2015 was definitely a different draft than this one, right? So I look at this one and I say, I really don't want to be outside of 45 picking my first and maybe my best pick of the draft. I don't want to be outside of that mark. And if I am, then I feel like I'm in trouble as a franchise. So like Calgary, unless you're going to make some amazing, you know, picks in this draft, not having to pick in the first three rounds in this draft Mm -hmm. is a killer. I think it's a killer.
0: And, and that might be the reason why Calgary and we I, I wrote about this last week and I think it's going to be discussed a lot before now and between now and Friday. They don't have a pick until the fourth round they have're without a one, two three and a five from all the deals that they made and they have an, they have an excess of defensemen. They now not only defensemen on their NHL roster, they have five defensemen uh, who I think are pretty good uh, you know uh, Brody Stone, Hamilton giordano and i'm forgetting and i'm forgetting the floor uh,
3: and, oh. be, and i would not be surprised if with philadelphia having three picks in the first 50 calgary and philadelphia are talking especially mm-hmm. oh, yeah. turns let's say to uh dougie hamilton a uh, Right shot, six foot six defenseman. You could pair with Ivan Provorov. Yeah,
0: li- line up, line up, Anthony. Because there's gonna be a yeah. lot of teams. Oh, I
3: know up. that. I'm just saying, in terms, of, there's gonna be a lot of people lining up for. But I guarantee you, again, in a, in a, if, if Philadelphia is looking to add to the roster, they've got a couple things: a first and a second round pick that could make. You so know, and, so
2: and, do the and, Rangers. The Rangers have three first round picks. Right. Now, here's the thing about Calgary, and and I I see. Pro- I, I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I'm going to assume I probably see a little more of the. Um, further out Western media stuff than you guys probably get just due yeah, to proximity right. and things. There's been some people, one of them now writes for the athletic who've done some fairly decent work on, on TJ Brody. Who, who doesn't and, work
0: for the athletic, by the way. What? Who doesn't who work for the athletic? Does the does point work for today? Does. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> does work. Sorry. Does work for the athletic. Just, you know, I don't need to pop them. I just, he works <laughs> athletic. <right>? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, He's a good writer, very very good insight. They he's done some work that basically says it may be a pretty good idea for the Flames to sell high right now on TJ Brody. And people talk about Hamilton because he's sort of like the crown jewel in that decor. Giordano's got a long contract and he's aging. So you think Hamilton, but it's Brody who probably you know two more years of four point six, he's twenty-eight he's probably the one they want to get rid of. And given yeah. the season Hammonick had, you're not going to get return on that. You're going to trade a first away for nothing on that. I I, I actually, can see Brody yeah. really being parlayed into something, particularly a late first round.
0: I actually think they'd be selling low on him, Peter, because he had a terrible year. According to our mutual friend, Sean Vetter, he had a terrible year last year. Yeah. And with two years left and being the age that he is, I, th- I think his value is at his absolute lowest. If it was two years ago, I think they'd get a lot more. Plus, the Flames have Velamaki, they have Rasmus Anderson, yeah. they have Shillington, they you know, they have Adam Fox as a prospect who's unsigned.
1: All, Fox isn't a guarantee, and no. Shillington is not a guarantee that he'll be a good NHL either. No. So I wouldn't get rid of Brody. I don't think they have enough D to to support the trade for that. I don't.
0: Now, well,
2: now, they'd be making a leap of faith, right? That's right. right. Yeah,
0: they would be. Now, let's let's talk about some of the big names and the the rumors have really – Well, actually, before we do the rumors, Mike,
1: I was going to do a little draft capsule. And since it involves Philly and we mentioned Philly, I've got a list here. Uh, It's it's my list of right-handed defensemen. And now, look, Ron Hextall is going to lead you down a little bit of a path for the draft. He's not going to lead you to the house. But I think too many people have decided this right-handed defenseman has to come in the first round, but he doesn't. He could come in the second or the third and they might already have an idea, like a list like this. And some of these guys are obvious ones and some aren't and some they can't get and some they can but I just, I listed a bunch of them. So I'm just going to read them off. Adam Boquist, Evan Bouchard, Ryan Merkley, Bodie Wild, Jet Wu, Kalen Addison, Axel Anderson, Ty Emerson, Philip Johansson, Christian Krieger, and Jacob Bernard Docker. Now there's some real good ones on there that won't go in the first round and because they have a couple – you said they have two picks in the second hand? Is that what you said?
3: No, they got one. It's They yeah. got they're like, they're 50. 50.
1: So at 50, you know, as an example, Jacob Bernard Docker could be there. I saw him in the, uh, in the Junior A All-Star game, and he's going to play for North Dakota, I believe, yeah. and he's a really good defenseman. Like, this guy could really play the position. So I would just say for Flyers fans, don't think that even if they draft a D-man in the first round that he has to be a right-handed shot.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a right-handed shot. And, and Hextall's kind of indicated that in his interview last week, that we, we can't get too hung up on that. Um, I think what, what happened with Philadelphia is is they could potentially knock back a few picks. Again, as we talked about before, 19 into the right. mid-20s, and you pick up an additional higher second-round pick, almost not quite copying the, uh, the trade from a few years ago when they traded back from 18 to 22 and picked up 36 uh, in drafting uh, Rupsov and LaBerge. But the pattern is there if they're looking for multiple picks and they want to reload defensemen. I think having your chance of doing that is something you definitely consider. Picks, it. I think they're going to take a forward and a defenseman. That's my gut feeling. Yeah, I but I definitely think there's going to be – my feeling is there'll be a forward. And if they stay where they're right at, they stay at 19 and 50, I would not be surprised if both that – any one of those three picks, two of them are defensemen.
1: You know, the one thing also – Ty Emerson's a guy who's sort of laying in the weeds because yeah. I've seen him play, you know, top pairing on, for the NTDP, but he doesn't get talked about at all. This kid can play. So, again, your right-handed shot defenseman doesn't always have to be your best defenseman either. The reason you have him is because he's a right-handed shot and he right. can shoot the puck. Keep that in mind.
0: All right. Let's 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 talk about the big names and the, the, the chatter is obviously picking up now and it'll continue and grow bigger and bigger until Friday and then through the weekend. And if they don't get moved by then, it'll be before July 1st. Now, the first name obviously is Eric Carlson. I, I'm going to just say what I, I think. I think with the specter of John Carlson being able to hit free agency, I don't think Vegas is going to trade multiple young assets to get Eric Carlson, who has one year left in his contract. And maybe they can re-sign him. I'm not, but after giving up a one, a two, and a three for Tatar, I don't see them giving up Cody Glass or Brandstrom and a number of picks to to get Carlson. So I'm I'm cooling on the Vegas thing. But uh, Jim Matheson in the Edmonton Journal wrote over the weekend about a, a, a rumor regarding Carlson and Edmonton and Sidle going to Ottawa. And this is the thing, and I agree with what he said. Eugene Melnick is not taking a big contract on. The whole purpose of moving Eric Carlson besides the sideshow and everything else that, hap- that w- was revealed last week is the fact that Eugene Melnick wants to cut payroll by you know, probably $20 million there and doesn't want to pay Eric Carlson on a new deal. So I don't think he's taking an eight and a half million dollar contract in, in Leon dry back in any deal. And I think the deal for Carlson, and I want to get everybody else's thought here. I think the deal for Carlson is going to involve multiple prospects and first round picks and not significant players coming back.
2: Sure. Um, And I'm I'm still wondering, because his name hasn't been mentioned in a while, is if Bobby Ryan still has to be part of the package, because we haven't heard that yet either. And I would imagine, given the gong show that is happening in Ottawa right now, there is probably no way Melnick can stand firm and say, take Bobby Ryan, too. There's too many messed up things going on there for him to hold firm on that. Yeah. But here, here's what I don't understand about Ottawa in that they make the deal for Duchesne, they've got to give up next year's first rounder, basically. Mm -hmm. They, so it plays to what you said, Mike, they need a, they need a boatload of things that are coming back to them to fill holes that they're going to have eventually, they have a revenue cash fall issue, apparently where they have to be cautious about that. They want to have a new building. And they need to find some sort of direction to rebuild what this team is after you lose your cornerstone franchise player. This is probably not going to be something that gets fixed by simply trading Eric Carlson. You're going to have to get deeper cuts and be a lot more surgical in what's wrong with your franchise. Mm -hmm. And we know it's not just what's on the ice, what's behind the bench, and what's sort of overseeing the bench. It's a systematic problem in there, and they've got to deal with a lot of things. Like, you know, if there is ever a time to strip it to the ground, this is—it's right now. It is this moment in time for for Ottawa to do that, and I just don't know if Melnick will let that happen because he's got a false sense of a belief of what.
1: But here's the thing: I mean, the right
2: moves are made.
1: Why strip Ottawa to the ground? They're closer to the ground than they are the Stanley Cup already, so. Like, I don't think you need to strip them to the ground. I think well, I, they already have. It's they already everything, there, Russ.
2: Huh? It's everything that's going on there.
1: Well, but you can't, you can't like, I, I can only talk about, like, the hockey players.
2: Right. I no, I know. I know that. Press. But it's part and parcel. Like, right or wrong, truth, whatever it is, there's issues. Yeah, And that's, that's all right. I have to say.
0: Well, if, if if you're going to strip it to the ground, then and, and, and Elliot Friedman said this on the on, uh, on the last Thirty One Thoughts podcast, which and I completely agree with it. With the uh, the thought, if you're going to strip it down, if you're going to trade Carlson, if you're going to trade Hoffman, then you should be giving surrendering the first round pick to Colorado because if you don't, and this team is a disaster next year, then it's like a Toronto, it's a Toronto Eric Lindros situation from twenty five year twenty five or more years ago, where the team was basically. Making sure that they didn't finish last overall to to give up the, the franchise player and ended up giving up Niedermeyer anyway. But all of those but, things, though, nobody's showing up to a game this year. Nobody. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and, and the, and the wow. thing is, the, and the thing is, Russ, it's not only Hoffman because his value's been dropped out. And Anthony, I want to get your thought on this. It's not only Hoffman. It's not only uh, Carlson, and they're they're between a rock and a hard place with him in terms of probably he's not going to want to stay there. Mark Stone is an RFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Duchesne is one year away from unrestricted free agency. Cody CC is an RFA and will expect to be paid fairly decent money. They've got a number of situations with a number of their top players. And, you know, it, it goes beyond Hoffman and Carlson, Anthony.
3: So we should just refer to this campaign as going to hell for Hughes? <laughs> <laughs> That's I like could come, come up with on a short notice, guys. Bravo. I try. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I Peter really nailed a lot of what I was going to say here with regards to um, what's going on in Ottawa. They just have the feeling of an organization that really does have to strip things down to the studs. And Russ, your point being about the fact that nobody's going to be really looking this year, nobody's going to the games. There's no better time to do that and right. basically yeah, there's
1: there lots. Money though. That's the problem. Melnik doesn't want to lose money hand over fist.
3: But you may if, again, it's if you're I, in that kind of a spot, I get it. You keep a few guys here and there, but it's like for the most part, I think, I think it's probably think, time where they gotta just I think either way he's losing money.
0: For lack of a better word. I really, I would really think either way he's losing money.
1: Well, he's going to lose some. He doesn't want to lose the maximum amount. And I think in a year, he's going to have his stadium deal, arena deal, and then we won't be talking about this anymore. Like that's, And I think that's all they're trying to do, and, and I think that's the forgotten thing in this whole equation is they're going to get that deal done. It will happen, and if it happens in the next year, they don't have these same financial constraints anymore. They don't have any anymore, and that's why you don't strip it down to the ground because they do have relief – in dollars coming down the road
0: okay big name number two john tavares uh the talk over the weekend all stemmed from the darren drager report that he's been continuing conversations with the islanders um ever since uh him and lou lamorello met secretly before lou was even named the uh the 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 team president of the uh or you know whatever the president of hockey operations with the islanders but no deal has been struck, and um, I think that every day that gets closer to the five-day window, you know, I think the odds go up that he's at least going to listen to offers. But I, I, I don't know, Russ. I, I, you know, I mean, I think the odds are now that Lou's going to get it done. Otherwise, why would they be talking? But again, I, I don't understand him not listening at least. Going out there and listening to other teams before he says, well, "Okay, I, I'm gonna reset with the Islanders."
1: And that's a, that's my point in, as well. It's like if you are basically me, if I'm John Tavares, right? And I'm and let's say Peter is Lou, and and we're negotiating, and Peter says, "I don't want you to go out there and look out there." I'll say, "Okay, pay me the max deal. Nobody's ever gotten the max deal. You pay me the max deal. We go have a press conference
0: tomorrow." Peter, what do you want to do? Now, let's well, well, yeah. oh, Peter answer. But what is the max deal? Eight yeah. years, or are you talking about max money? 20%. Max money. Wow. Max yeah, well, what
2: is max money? The max percentage. Max money of the
0: is 20% cap. of the cap. So, say the cap goes up yeah. to 80, it's so, $16 million a year.
2: No, I'm not going to do that at all. Okay. Gonna, so John all, Tavares is not a $16 million player. And okay, frankly.
0: But you don't think
1: that I'm. A, it's me, Peter. So, I appreciate you not thinking I'm not a $16 million player. You're not. <laughs> I, well, F you. That's you're one right. thing. <laughs> I don't need to send that to my agent. But the other thing is, okay, so now I'm going to look out, see what's out there, because clearly you're not going to pay what it takes to keep me from looking. That's been my basic point here. There's no money on earth that Lou is going to offer him, even though Ledecky said yeah. his checkbook is open. If you remember for getting the arena deal done, his checkbook needs to be open for keeping Tavares to not hit the market at all. And- Amy, one.
2: What's name one NHL player that's worth sixteen? Nobody's
1: worth it, Peter. But he's worth it to that franchise, and that's what you now have to decide. Because
2: what does John Tavares do by signing him to let's not even use sixteen million because it's it's a silly number. Let's use twelve million. Okay. What does John Tavares do for that franchise that recoups twelve million dollars for them?
1: I'll tell you what it does. It gives them stability, a franchise player. It keeps everybody else calm. It gets other free agents still there because they do still want to play with Tavares, especially with Lou there now. And it helps when they open up their new arena. No offense to Matt Barzell, unless he's a top ten player in the league, he's not going to be the marquee name that you need to open up a new arena in New York.
0: Peter, you know? what a, what a, what a prevents what it prevents is the the downfall of that franchise if he's not there it's more uh it's more, more the factor of what they what that's they right. will be without him right now he may, he mean well, he may not be know, worth yeah no,
3: here's the
2: problem that's that has to be part of your risk assessment mm-hmm. and how much worse do they have to be like I mean how much worse they have to go they've got players They've got well, a couple bad contracts and no goaltending. You, you okay, let me ask you this. Whose yeah. problems would you rather have, Ottawa's or or the Islanders? I'd rather have the Islanders'
0: problems. Exactly, because they're fixable.
2: Ottawa's, are, they're five years out from doing anything sensible or having a hope. But,
1: but the idea is, Peter, it means something to have that marquee name in New York. It does, especially... When you're opening up a new arena and you want fans to go, simply beyond the point that, that arena they, were back- open, they haven't even like they haven't I even Listen, I We don't. Have, that's the discussion for another day. But all I'm saying but, is,
2: but you can't hold on. You can't say we're opening arena and he has value if there isn't even a guarantee the arena is going to be there and we're there's not no going to tell you
1: that we're assuming mm-hmm. there is a guarantee. And it's still good. Well, then, I'm,
2: then I'm assuming Tavares is reasonable and recognizes he's not worth $12 million. I mean, See, all okay, make first assumptions.
1: when right? you're going like, to get the most money you can get, when was the last time you were reasonable when you walked into your boss's office looking for a raise? Seriously.
2: Well, when I wanted a raise, I was reasonable, but I also not elite ah, in talent. your There's-
1: mind. You are. I bet you lost that else, uh, other things.
2: No, but the, the, the point being is, is that you can't, like, I, I'd love to compare the average Joe on the street to being an NHL or a pro or a professional athlete, but you can't because it's a, it's, there's sure. only 30 places he can work if he wants to work on this continent.
0: Yeah. Uh, by, by the way. So
2: that changes everything.
0: To, com- to compare the two, the Islanders have pneumonia. The Ottawa Senators have terminal cancer. That's 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 my, uh, that's my, I, I don't know
3: like,
0: like I why don't always say these were uh, terminal
3: Why did the show morbid to begin with
1: Mike What is Mike. <laughs> this is, This piled on an, a level that yes. I don't know if we needed to go but <laughs> Sorry folks a plane yeah.
3: at some point this week can you like not like
1: <laughs> yeah, great,
0: not, great great I'm not I'm not going to make any other references <laughs> right. So yeah. so okay let's let's okay. let's, move.
1: let's well, move One more thing One more thing i think lou is looking for that number to get Tavares to not take the window basically like monty hall or who's it? true Carey? now i don't know who does let's make a deal uh, um wayne, uh, wayne, brady. wayne, wayne brady. brady wayne brady wayne brady offers you money to not take that door right and you have to decide that's what the islanders are trying to do right now and yeah offer,
0: like offer me some money to... offered me some money not to watch wayne brady <laughs> um, <laughs> But so far, they're not succeeding at it. Is what my point is. Now, now let's let uh, let's talk about uh, the team right here in River City, the the Buffalo Sabers, because a lot of Ryan O'Reilly, as you mentioned, Anthony, before a lot of Ryan O'Reilly stuff is, is coming up, and this is the this is the thing, uh, you know we we know of the disenchantment that O'Reilly had at the end of the season, the comments that he made, which were probably not the, the wisest thing for him to do. We know the off the ice problem that he had the previous summer. Um, I think the biggest problem with him is the contract. is $7.5 million for another five years. I think he's still a good player. He's not old. He's he's not the fastest player in the world. Um, But he is a center, and teams like Montreal are going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for centers. So I I think they can move him. I just don't know whether all this talk is realistic because I still think – they're, you know, they're looking at possibly moving Ristalane in, and I think they get a lot more for Ristelainen than they would for O'Reilly.
3: Yeah, I agree. And and again, it's it's, it's what your valuation <laughs> is, um, and also as Peter like Peter says, risk assessment as well in terms of a bringing in a Ryan O'Reilly, especially at with that cap hit with that many years remaining on it. I like O'Reilly. It's just to me, it's become readily apparent. That he's not a guy who necessarily lifts the rest of the roster, mm-hmm. and that's the biggest concern for me with O'Reilly. I mean, um, and that's—I to, 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 mean—I think he's a good player. It's just based off of that. Uh, I, I think teams are going to have some concern, even with people being cuckoo for centers. You got to keep got to keep these things in mind. This is where we're going to have to see where what kind of. Um, Cap retention. What, what kind of cap retention could potentially be involved in the in, in a potential trade here?
1: Here's the thing. I I thought all along he'd be the first guy out even before Ristolane, and because of the comments he made last year, right? right. Even if he's being completely honest, it was ill timed considering you have somebody new at the helm and you're trying to go in a new direction and you're still talking about the old BS. So with Ryan O'Reilly, if he gets traded to a team, and I think look, he is a really good player. He mm-hmm. he can still score six yeah. sixty-five points. 65- points he wins faceoffs like anthony said he's good but you have to bring him into a team that has a leadership core that will basically tell him to shut up when he's when he's going to say the wrong thing and right. you know the buffalo sabers aren't there they're they're a young team they're jack eichel's team they don't have anybody to sort of you know tell him to pipe down if he goes somewhere where they can tell him to do that He could be fine in the locker room, but that's what they need to do. They need to have like a strong veteran presence wherever he gets traded to.
0: Yeah, and to my mind, Montreal is not a fit for one reason. If he goes to Montreal, he's the number one center in Montreal, and he's not a number one center. Uh, That's bad. I agree
2: with you. That's part of the problem when you look at teams that have cap space and maybe have something you can send back that would be desirable to Buffalo he's not maybe the best fit and you elevate him to a point where he would be the number one center. And another team, I think that it's the same kind of thing, you know, probably they can flip someone back. He probably has just enough of the leadership core there, but maybe not as much as we think is needed, but enough is Carolina and they need a center, but you, it just, it, he's not the right person for Carolina, and there's no way Dunn going to spend seven and a half million on a center without uh, someone, right? But I, in theory, I, he fits,
0: but he I, doesn't I, fit. I think a dark horse for him would be, and they have a ton of young players, and that's probably what Buffalo would be interested in is St. Louis because after they traded Stasny, now they have a, a mm-hmm. hole up the middle, and they have young, young guys like Robbie Fabry, who are supposedly, uh, you know, they're they would be willing to trade plus some of the young guys. I think that might work, but. Going to talking about Stasny, I mean, he's the number two center in this behind, but you know, for most in most people's mind behind Tavares in terms of the biggest center free agent, has there been any, any movement on the ball of the ball and uh, in Winnipeg on Stasny?
2: Um, There has believed to have been some talks and that's about it. It it gets, there hasn't, you know, Chevy's in lockdown right now and, He literally, um, literally no one's, the media is not even talking about the jets. Like it's just, it's gone completely quiet. Uh, he's, you know, and interesting enough, Stosny actually had to move out of his house because he used to live about four blocks away from me because a person I know needed the house and knew the landlord. And Stozny is kind of waffling what he was at a month to month deal with the guy. And this guy's house, the person I know, um, had a garage fire and he needed a place to live for like six months. And he knew the owner. And he's like, Hey, I got six months guaranteed. I don't know what's going on with you. You're out. So he's not even in town anymore. Like he was supposed to be staying here for a bit. He's going to hang out with, um, Steen. Cause Steen comes back in the off season. They're really good friends. Apparently he's flown the coop and gone. So, you know, I, I think they're going to have some, cur- you know, very, um, Sort of courteous conversations, but the numbers just don't add up.
1: I'll, I'll give you the team that I think he'd be a, a really good fit for, and that would be St. Louis. They're a little short on centers right now. Yeah, you going know, she, back to St. Louis, though? Yeah. No, Ryan O'Reilly, I'm talking about. Oh, right. That's what I, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Was it right? Going, going, getting traded to St. Louis. yes. Yeah. I think that would make sense because they're definitely short on centers. If you look at them, uh, then you can slot them. You'll slot them behind Brayton Shen. That's fine. Uh, at the end of the day, you'll probably have the O'Reilly out, line out there more late in games when you want to win faceoffs. Anyhow, so it's not really a matter if it's a one or a two line. Anyhow, mm-hmm. so I, I think that makes sense. They have prospects; they can they'll handle the cap hit. I, I think that's a team that could really use a guy like that. And Buffalo can get the guys they need. Maybe it's a Fabry, you know, and a few yeah. other things. Uh, to me, that's a good trade partner. Well, now, well, go
2: ahead. Well, I was going to throw in another name. Because I just looked, and I was thinking about them, and they've been quiet, and and they probably want to make make a move and, and sort of push back, given the strength of the central. Is what about the stars? Because they're going to have Spetsa coming off after this year of seven and a half million.
0: Yeah, they've but the caps. But they have to sign Sagan. All right. Sagan's yeah. a UFA after next year. That, and I think that's the yeah. reason why. You know, that money, that, that $7.5 million that that Spezza is being paid right now, I'd say more than half of it is going to Sagan.
2: Okay, so here's the thing, though. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: If the Dallas Stars become a big player in the John Severus sweepstakes yes. and offer him a big deal, they for one year could literally go for it like they've done before. And if it doesn't sure. work out, maybe they cut ties with Sagan. Like that could happen
0: yes it could now the other the, the you know if putting a list together of the unrestricted free agent centers you know that the center pool is now i'm not insulting them but when the third ranked center is Tyler Bozak then you know it's not exactly a really deep free agent class and this is the, the you know there's there was a, i've been saying for a couple months Tyler Bozak will not be back with Maple Leafs if he expects to get anything more than a two year deal and the way the way uh, the free agent market is looking right now. Tyler Bozak, at 32 years old, a good faceoff guy who scored, you know, in the 40 point range, he's going to get a three or four year contract offer because there are no centers out there. So, a- Anthony, I, I like, I, I think there's absolutely no chance that Tyler Bozak ends up back in Toronto unless he takes a sweetheart, two short term uh, contract from Toronto.
3: Yeah, I, I, I highly doubt he's going to be back. It's, and again, with so many prospects in system that can potentially fill in those areas that Bozak plays, I think there's, in my mind, he's not going to. If he comes, if he comes back, it has to be on, on a short ter- on a shorter term deal. Again, with with the paucity of centers on on the market.
0: No, no, Russ, I talked to talked to you about this before before the show. Uh, Larry Brooks came out with a column over the weekend talking about a number of different Ranger players. We know the Rangers are in a rebuild. Uh, the two names that were uh, that were prominent, and I connected the one to Toronto because of his situation in with New York after. Now it was with the Lane as coach, and not their new coach Quinn. But it was uh, Vladislav Nemestikov. Uh, you know, he scored 20 goals with Tampa Bay last year. He gets traded to the Rangers in the Brian McDonough deal, and in 19 games, he had two goals and two assists. Yeah, you know,
1: because they just. You know, totally Vigneault totally misused him at times. He was on the fourth line. Then he's on the third line. Like he just, he never really got a chance. Right. Cause Vigneault is coaching for his job. Right. He doesn't know this kid. He doesn't play him. So yeah, I do think he's one of those guys that'll get traded. I do think he, the Rangers don't want to sign him, even if it's only 2 million bucks, because again, they don't know how he's going to be with their new coach. They don't really have a good baseline on him. Right. Vigneault probably doesn't have a great baseline on him either because when has he really had a chance to to watch him so i think he'll i think he'll be collateral damage if you look at you're going to no, say if you were uh, talking about bc
0: well no i was i was, I was just going to say the re, uh-huh. the reason the reason i'm connecting connecting to toronto is because um his count he was uh he's still an rfa he made a little less than 2 million dollars uh last year if they qualify him, it'll be over 2 million dollars and for a player that you may not want that's that's a, a pretty hefty chunk of change. Namestikov's dad is a scout in the Leaf organization. He's their scout in Russia. So uh, you know that that may mean nothing. It may mean something because it didn't mean anything in the Jimmy VC situation. But I, I think it could mean something, and it would possibly be a good fit. So now VC, you were mentioning Russ.
1: Yeah. So I guess VC, you told me got mentioned in this, and to me, yes. it's ludicrous if they're even thinking about trading a guy like he he, he had sixteen and seventeen goals. That's what he is. He scores goals. He plays greasy. He gets in guys' faces. He can play a little smarter, and I think he will. But but this is the guy you have, and he comes at a very reasonable rate. You have to have guys like this, even if you want to bring along a young team. Why in the world are you trading a low-value guy who actually could put the puck in the net? You wouldn't. So, like, I don't think he's going anywhere. And now, Kevin Hayes, yes, for the 25 goals that he had, and dare I say a lot of them were garbage goals – He's just he, he's a, a very low IQ hockey player. His hockey IQ go you know go look online. You can see some of these offsides that he has are not just a little offside. They're like big offsides or some of these turnovers. Does he have the ability? Sure. Did he drive teams crazy? Go ask Chicago. He did. You know
2: Hayes is the perfect guy to sell to the Leafs. Because
0: off the fan
2: base will believe Babcock's such a genius he can turn he's him into, right. into no, he's um, right that about side.
0: that No, but salary wise, he's not because he's, he's gonna right. after coming off a twenty five goal year, he's gonna be expecting an, a long term deal of pretty decent money, and they but can't. They,
2: here's the, Mike. I I know I know what you're trying to you're trying to go with this in terms of how can the Leafs find someone that's a better value than the Bozak that doesn't force. Um, right. Marner to have to play center and stuff like that, and 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 I like your thinking. Like I think it's creative. You you will always run into the same problem of salary and Nemestikov. Right. Yeah, you could bridge him or whatever, and that's yeah. fine. You're delaying the pain to see if it works. But at that point, you know, a lot of people also believe that the solution for a lot of these problems are actually coming from the Marlies, who are a damn good team.
0: And, well, yeah, no, I I believe, and, I, believe I I believe right, some. Sorry.
2: You know, I was just sort of saying, like, I know where your line of logic's going, and I don't yeah. disagree with it, but I just think it delays the inevitable that's going to be the crunch for the Leafs, right? I,
0: I believe some of the solution is promoting from within. I think that they're gonna they're going to do that with guys like uh, like Andreas Jansen and Grunstrom and a few other guys in the, over the next couple of years. But they have this one year window, Peter, that I know that they're yeah. gonna use. They have twenty-two million under the cap this year and then the following year they, you know, they, that's when the kick in on Marner and Matthews deal will happen. So if they either have to, you know, we'll be getting, like, I wrote a column about this, you know, if Joe Thornton decides, or if San Jose decides they don't want to resign Joe Thornton as a one-year stopgap, that makes a ton of sense for yeah. Toronto. Uh, trading for Laterra, if you know, uh, in, in in from Philadelphia, if they want to dump his contract and the Leafs think he can still play center, you know that makes sense. I mean, something like that that makes sense because but because they need a buffer in case a Miro Altanen can't play third line center here's for them. Thing.
1: All right, so here's the thing: maybe the most overrated thing that I've heard in the last couple of weeks, and this is true of any Calder Cup champion, is. How many of these guys – don't scratch it, Mike. It makes it worse. How many of these guys can get to the next level and stick? And if you go back and think about teams that have won the Calder Cup, it's not as many as you think. I mean, I've heard, you know, with this with
0: the Marleys team, hey, it could
1: be up to like five or six guys. It's not going to be. Odds are it will yeah. not
0: be. Eventually it could be, but next year it won't be. It next year be, it's like the, the
1: perfect storm, yeah. not including injuries, not including other players emerging, yeah.
0: not including free agents. You know what I mean? Like this is well, – I mean? they're not going to count on the Marlies. I, I, think the mitigating factor here, I think the mitigating factor here, Russ, is the fact that the GM of the Marlies is now the GM of the league. I know, but I think that even
1: that – looking at that is not even the guarantee that that will happen because – if that were the case, again, how much, how many guys from the Texas Stars—the last time they won—made it to the Dallas Stars yeah. and beat them better? Couple, a couple those, of the
0: defensemen, Lindell. Remember
2: those great Hershey Bears teams? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the late two thousands and stuff. How many moved up? Neuvirth? It's yeah. the only name I can think
3: of. Yeah, I, I mean, I still uh, remember with, with the fit, with the phantoms, but again, some of them were late arrivals, like a yeah,
1: the late arrivals you can't count.
3: Was, was, um, count. But Sharp, he made it to yeah. the NHL. Then obviously went to Chicago. Nitamaki mm-hmm. was an NHL goalie. Okay.
1: Yeah,
3: uh, there was there's at least five or six guys off that roster, but it's it's I, I, I agree in terms of it's not as many
0: as as you. It's think. not going to be a it's not going to be a win. Be yeah.
3: a win but I mean, Anthony,
2: I think, I think you, you 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 see the point is you exactly said it. There's guys. But where did they end up? They didn't stick around with the, with the team. They got traded. Well, I mean, they moved on, like they were actually out of the organization. And which people, is also interesting in itself.
0: I think that that's a possibility as well with some of the Marlies players. It's like I, we, I mentioned on one of the previous webcasts and I wrote on one of my columns is that a guy like Garrett Sparks, who won every award for a goaltender in the AHL and won a, now has won a Calder Cup, he's 24 without options with another year left in his contract. Yeah. And for a for a market out there that's going to pay a first-round pick for Philip Grubauer, who's not proven really – Yeah. That might be a, that might be a risk that's worth taking with some team. I think that you know because c- Sparks will never clear waivers. No way.
2: If Dubis is smart and he knows he's got a year with all this cap space, he should be on the phone every other day. He should have Chevy's dockside phone at Lake of the Woods on speed dial to just get Tyler Myers for someone. And 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 like I mean, right D. He's going to, he, you know, you eliminate the Ron Hainsey thing. He's in, he's a UFA after next year. You got one year.
1: Yeah. But do, he's not do even you want care. to, How do you know, them? Chevy has phone service in the woods. He might not have phone service. And, he and, does. And I know what, where and what, he
0: is. And what? Make, and what built makes, right, that's a little scary. We got yeah. to. <laughs> and what makes you think he's going to give him away? That's the thing. Well, he's not he, going to give him away,
2: but you can, the jets have a cap issue that right. Facing them right now. Right. That is going to determine some things, and Tyler Myers solves a big problem because he's three and a half cash, right. five cap hit. It's, yeah, and it, it's the easiest solution, and, I just don't know if he'll do it, but at least they trade him out of the conference.
0: Yeah, and just a last note here because I saw a comment from uh, a Chicago writer regarding Marion Hosa. That uh you know the, the Blackhawks are intent on trading HOSA's contract, which has four years. I looked at this. This is the contract that John Chaika is probably doing back backflips for five and a half five point two five million dollar cap hit, one million dollar money for the next four years. Arizona will go insane if they that you know the
3: line with Doc think of that line with him and Dotsuk.
0: <laughs> well, Dotsuk's a free agent now, so he can. That's right
3: that's
1: right.
0: But Dave, is Pronger Boles, there too? Dave still got a year.
1: Pronger,
3: yeah. Yeah. I got to check on that. I think Pronger's deal. My, I early think
0: Pronger's out. Pronger's Pronger's Pronger, done, oh. done. Pronger's yeah, done.
3: Pronger's amazing done. roster. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Good show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow uh, with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Uh, hopefully, I can. I will be back uh, for uh, Anthony Mangione for. Peter Tessier, for Russ Cohen, i Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.